Uh, what's going on everybody this is jeremy hayes with the fadeaway fitness this side of the rim official podcast this is season four episode number five today i got with me my guy trent brunker he's a pro basketball skills trainer from trent brunker basketball trent say what's up to everybody here how are you doing jeremy thanks for having me on yeah absolutely glad we could finally connect and do this i know it's been a long time in the in the making and i'm glad we could finally jump on and hear your side of the story of everything yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Cool. Let's literally let's just dive right back into it. And like, um, so talk to me about like like your background. So like, where are you from? Where you grew up? And kind of like your background in sports as a kid. For sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm from Appleton, Wisconsin. I'm currently located in Madison, Wisconsin, but it's about uh, two hours north of here, kind of right by Green Bay. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I went to high school and grew up and everything. Um, played basketball, baseball, and football growing up. Um, and yeah, dropped, dropped football kind of when that, uh, or when I got to high school, um, I'm standing at about five, eight, uh, buck 50. So, so that was a pretty, pretty easy decision there. Right. Um, but yeah, nothing but, nothing but positive experiences, um, in, in Appleton and, and kind of, I'd say right around the high school time is where I really kind of found, um, you know, that love for the game in terms of basketball. Um, my dad was actually a, a baseball coach growing up, so I, I did kind of stick stick with that as well. It was a good kind of combo to, uh, you know, kind of have a, a little bit less, uh, you know, a, a sport where maybe you're not quite as focused on, but but you know, filled an awesome role and had a lot of fun with that as well. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I think that's that's big. Just being able to follow in somebody's footsteps and be able to like be guided in like a positive direction. Like I think that's always always huge to just have like. Um, like I said, positive influences in your life. Um, but they said to kind of help you find, find the niche that you want to actually like pursue later on in life. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, my dad really, you know, he kind of coached me in, in every sport growing up, looking back, you know, kind of from fourth grade to, to high school. And so that, that was an awesome experience. Um, you know, and, and watching him, you know, he wasn't the best, you know, he, he knew baseball the most because he, he coached that at, at a high school level at a different school. Um, but also watching him, you know, be an extremely effective coach, you know, in basketball and football, where which I knew kind of wasn't maybe his prime expertise, um, you know, was still a great learning experience in terms of just how he managed people and, and how he kind of got the best out of his players. So yeah, for sure. something I still try to work on today. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. So you said you played base, uh, baseball, football, basketball. Um, so talk to me about, like, how do you think playing multiple sports kind of helps kids, like, develop more as, like, I call it, like, a, a whole athlete or a well-rounded athlete? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I think I think you just got to do what you enjoy. I mean, I, I know there's, like, a lot of talk on, you know, the, the one sport versus, you know, multiple sports. And, and, you know, I just tell my players, you know, to do what they enjoy. If you enjoy two sports, you know, play two sports. If you enjoy three, you know, play three. If you're locked in on one, you know, you know that's great, too. So... I mean, for me, you know, kind of just like I said, it was it was good to, to balance both. I mean, I think the more teams you can play on, the, the more dynamics you're on and, and the more kind of leadership opportunities, um, you know, come at you. And so, I mean, every team you're kind of on a different role. And um, I think I think there's beauty in that. You know, sometimes maybe being the guy on one team and then, you know, get, get on another team where maybe, you know, you're the you're the fifth best player or something like right. that. You're you're kind of in, in total different situations. So yeah, definitely helped me just grow and kind of react to those uh, varying situations. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I think it's like ultimately it's got to get to the point. You said it best. What you what you experience is what you're gonna enjoy. So if you enjoy playing one, go all out for one. If you enjoy two, three, four, great. 
like chip away at it and kind of just make the most of every opportunity that's at hand. Um, but I always tell people when I have talks with people is like, at what point do you kind of like, you know, I'm starting to get pretty good at one sport. So, Oh, I'm a basketball guy, of course, but like, okay, I'm starting to get pretty good at basketball. Like when am I going to just like maybe narrow this down to one or two or just strictly focus on just basketball, basketball. If I'm going to try to make a push to try to play in college, if there's any a time. So like I said, I always think that it gets to the point you got to have some like maybe some tough conversations with yourself of like, hey, I really, really want to try to play in college, play at the next level. Like, is there a specific time where I should like try to narrow it down to one sport? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I think that self-awareness piece is, is, is super key and, and just having people in your corner that, you know, you can kind of bounce, bounce where you're at off of them, I, I think is super important. I know, like, for me, I mean, I kind of knew I wasn't, you know, going to be a highly touted, you know, scholarship-level player um, and really either sport I played. So, I mean, I think that gave me a little bit more flexibility. Yeah. Um, You know, but I totally, totally, you know, get what you're saying and have obviously worked with players who, you know, are in that situation where we've made that decision early on where, you know, okay, I'm going on and I'm on hoops. So, definitely. Yeah, 100%. And I always talked about it as just like, uh, like I feel like it, at some point, maybe that ninth, tenth grade, maybe eleventh grade. Like I said, you start having those conversations with yourself, with your family, with your peers that you kind of that you kind of trust, and like kind of feel out the situation and see if there's a, an angle of like, hey, I really, really want to just focus on one, or you know, let's just stay locked in and, and keep rocking with three. And like I say that I tell this story to pretty much everybody it was like, I got this kid who was. Um, I've been working with for a while, but he, he was all state football player, all state basketball player, all state baseball player. So like he was really, really good at whatever he wanted to do. Well, at the end of his senior year, he ended up deciding that he was going to try to play basketball at, um, at Akron. So now all of a sudden he's went from three like major sports to now he's strictly going to focus in on one. So the first workout he came to me after committing was like, yo, this is weird. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, this is the first time like in my life that I've actually just focused in on basketball <laughs> and like didn't right. have, didn't have anything else to like not say worry about, but like didn't have anything else to like kind of impede his progress with basketball. So I'm anxious to see how he's going to like progress throughout his, his college career to see if that was a good decision, wise decision, like just to see, I mean, everybody's different of course, but they like said, you always want to see how just how, how things play out. Right. Yeah, without a doubt, I mean, and that's a good point too. It is such an individual basis, but you know, yeah, I, I'd be curious to see, you know, kind of how that plays out for him, and right. you know, maybe ten years from now, if he looks back and you know wishes, oh, maybe I, you know, would have made that decision earlier, or or even even later too. You, you just never know, and everybody's so different. So. For sure. And now like I said, cool. talk about that as like you you played multiple sports, kind of growing up as a kid. You said you talked about you having a relationship with your father, and like. Were there any other major influences on you um, that kind of helped steer you in a positive direction? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely the the biggest one right off the bat would just be my high school basketball coach. Um, you know, definitely just from a, a you know human standpoint, just I mean, he was the dean of students. It was it was kind of a all encompassing uh, coach and, and just role model more or less. Um, so he was he was extremely hard on us. Um, both, you know, in the classroom and on the court and, and really helped shape, um, you know, our team, is, you know, into, into good human beings. And so that, that definitely, you know, sticks with me. And then, and then just from like the X's and O's standpoint, 
you know, there wasn't really anybody who took more time to, to study the game than, than he did. I mean, right. definitely played a huge role in terms of kind of my attention to detail and how I train. And, and he also, you know, kind of helped, uh, you know, once I expressed that I, you know, out of high school was, was looking to get more into the, that player development space, um, was a was a great uh, role model and, and connection for, for all of that stuff as well. So, yeah, definitely, definitely my high school basketball coach, Coach Milky. Yeah, 100%. No, I think that is, it's huge to have people like that are in your corner that, that support you, that are going to guide you and mentor you along the way. And I say that outside of parents. I mean, parents are, I think, are always going to love and nurture and support you 100%. But like, I think it's you have to have people that just care about you in general that are not related to you, that don't have anything to gain. And I think those are the people that ultimately care about you the most. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I don't, I don't know about you, but I've heard that a lot, uh, you know, from parents now where it's like, hey, you know, I've, I've told it to, to my kids so many times, but I, I just I need them to hear it from somebody else. And, and I think they, you know, respect you more or, or things like that, right. which is good to hear too. But, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so like transition this from like okay, uh, you, you you played in high school and then you ended up changing into into college and you went to uh, UW Madison. Um, so like, talk about your college career and just like in general and like how the college experience was, what you majored in, and like actually how that translated to helping you into today's day and age. Yeah, no, hundred percent. All all good questions, and, and definitely wasn't probably a. You know, super linear path that, that a lot of people take. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. So I mean, kind of, kind of relaying it back to what we were talking about. I would say, kind of around that junior, you know, end of my junior year, I kind of had some of those tough conversations with myself, where it's like, you know, okay, do we go try and play at a, a really small school? You know, do I want to continue this basketball thing? Do we, you know, do we look to to kind of close the door on that? You know, what are kind of my options? And so, I applied to a couple, uh, you know, D three schools and and kind of had basketball maybe on the back of our mind if I, you know, if I would be able to make the team or, or make some connections there. Um, but ultimately, I ended up, you know, choosing to go to UW-Madison. So it's, it's kind of the biggest school in our biggest college in, in Wisconsin. And I ultimately just kind of chose that for, for my academics route. And so, I, you know, I didn't have my best senior year. Um, decided to, to go, you know, with the academics route because I really had no idea. I had I had zero clue what I wanted to do with the next chapter of my life, and I figured, well, going to a huge um, university is going to kind of allow me, you know, the most options. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of just didn't want to get stuck at a, a really small school, not know what I do just because of basketball. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of how I kind of how I landed here. Um, took about the most general classes you could ever take kind of your first year and a half right. um, and, and ultimately kind of landed on a psychology degree simply because it was kind of what was most interesting to me. I loved just kind of learning about how, uh, you know, people interact and, and, you know, how different people function. And so that that's kind of how I uh, landed on that major. Um, but as I kind of kept going through college, especially, you know, really early on, I just realized how much I missed basketball. And so I just, I remember waking up and just like getting my workouts in right. and just kind of coming to one day being like, you know, why am I doing this? Like, I know, I know I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, and, and like, I, you know, I was seeing a little bit of development, but like, you know, it was like, I'm playing intramurals and like a little bit of club basketball. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it just, it just didn't really make sense. And, and that's kind of when I was, I was like, you know what, like, I'm not doing this for, for, for nothing. I mean, I, I genuinely, you know, think deep down I could I could really help some players out. And so that's when I really kind of started taking the, the player development stuff seriously and, and trying to learn more from, from coaches, 
uh, you know, just videos. I mean, that was kind of when, like, DJ and different guys online were, were getting bigger and training more or less was becoming, you know, easier to, to just digest and, and learn more about. And so, yeah, I would say kind of for my next two years um, in college, I, I really focused on that and then ultimately just kind of decided that once I, you know, without a college, I was going to, you know, kind of try to start this, on, you know, on the side and just see, see kind of where it took me. Um, yeah, yeah that, that, that's that's kind of how I, how I bridged. I, I, can, I can keep going if, if you want. Yeah, but. 100%. And I think that's huge. Is like, like you said, how you're going to do it as a side thing. And, like, I honestly think that's, like, how most trainers get started is just, like, oh, you get one kid and just, like, you start to develop that kid and now all of a sudden they start to see a little bit of success and like and i think social media has a has a big part in that because like i mean either the kid wants to post something out or the trainer posts stuff out or the parents post stuff out and then typically all it takes is just one other parent or one other kid to reach out and just be like what's this how are they getting better how can i get my kid involved and like now it starts to like snowball so like you might have a 9 to 5 job and like figure out how to how to train as a side gig like for two hours a day or one hour whatever and just like figure it out and then as it starts to snowball and kind of like like you kind of build some momentum with your clientele like next thing you know you got 20 30 kids in the gym and like things are starting to look up and like man why should i do anything else other than this i think that's a huge huge piece that like people want to just that instant gratification instant instant success but like aren't willing to put the like beginning found foundation work in where you got one kid okay make the best for that one kid and then get a second kid and then get a third and then so on and so on yeah no i i couldn't couldn't agree more i mean i think i, I can't remember who said it i think i think it was joshua medcalf he's, he's a he's a sports psychologist that that works uh you know similar similar that, that we do but more on kind of the, the mental aspect of the game um, but I think he said something to the extent of like, so many trainers are, are asking themselves, you know, why they don't have more clients, but, but aren't putting in, you know, and giving it a hundred percent, you know, to the three clients that they do have. Right. And, and so I think that's, that's super key and, and totally, just like you said, you know, word of mouth or, or whatever that one becomes two, two becomes six. Right. And then it just goes from there. Yeah. hundred percent. So like after you got out of college, like when did you start to see that, okay, training, training was the move and then you can start to have a little bit more success with it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it, it lends well to what we were exactly talking about. So I, I did, I did take a, a nine to five job, um, you know, right out of right out of college, and so I kind of had the stereotypical, you know, it, it looked good on paper. You know, I was, you know, I just graduated with a four year degree. Right. Um, but but as it started, so so I, I, I kind of knew I was starting that. Um, but but prior to, um, this is like two years ago now. So this is like. Right prior to COVID, I, I moved back home because I had about five months before I was starting that job. Yeah. Um, and so I reached out to uh, my high school coach as well as uh, the, the girls basketball coach at, at my high school and just said, hey, you know, i am got all this free time, like, and I really want to just kind of dive into training and keep learning more. Um, you know, do you know of any players who'd be interested? And that's where um, Joe LaChapelle, um, you know, got back to me and, and ultimately kind of asked if I, I could start working with these kids and, and I only you know break them up because I know that you know Emily right um so yeah I started working with them I would basically just do outdoor workouts um and then this is like kind of right as the pandemic was was starting to hit and, and, and nobody really knew what was going on so 
we actually would would wheel, and I always I always bring it up because it's it's like the the Office episode <laughs> when they're playing their warehouse basketball. I mean, that's <laughs> that's really where I held my first sessions. Was, yeah. In a in a carpeted warehouse where we we wheeled in a hoop and had a tape three point line down and so yeah I would I would get in there two two times a week with with Emily and and, and Joey and and that's really where it just kind of sparked my love and, and you know I I would do kind of everything for free just because I knew I was you know I, I was still learning I, right. I didn't feel like I I had a good enough grasp to to charge yet and you know to up and coming trainers I, I think that's a great way to you know, simply get better yourself and, and to obviously, you know, work with more players. Um, but yeah, I, d- I just loved it. And pretty, pretty soon they would bring, you know, their teammates, their AU teammates, and, and it just kind of spread from there. Um, but yeah, obviously in, in the back of my head, I, I knew the whole time that, you know, I was moving back to Madison to, to kind of start that, to start that nine to, nine to five gig. And so um, I really only ended up working it for, for about two months. Um, as as I kind of built up a, a quick enough clientele outside, where it was just, you know, the the company wanted me to keep working more hours. I was getting more clients, and it was it was just a pretty easy decision. Yeah. Um, you know where I wanted to spend more of my time. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that that's that's a very important. Uh, like I said, topic you brought up was like how how beginning trainers like like I said, a lot of people just see the DJ Sackman and the Tyler Ralphs and Jordan Lollies, and I, I mean you can go on, but like. These guys have their own camera guys. These guys talk with a microphone. These guys are in a gym with a hundred kids and like everything right. looks grand and great. And like, I think a lot of people that come into this like industry, like want that immediately. And like, right. like I said, I started, you start outside, like, okay, go to a park where it's free <laughs> and you don't have to, right. you don't have to pay for gym time. And like, now you don't need a professional cameraman there every single time. Like when I th- I mean I think it's important when you start to get rolling, but like when you're first starting, I think like yo you got an iPhone. Most people have a phone. Okay, take a picture, take a video on your phone, post it, and then go from there. And like I think a lot of people, I'm not saying hurt themselves, but like because they just try to jump into it from the beginning, and then they think they're at the top. And as soon as they like can't produce what they think they're doing, I think they're like they quickly kind of get out of it. Um, so like I said, I, I mean, I started same, similar the same way, start outside, like I said, start working with your kids, start traveling from house to house almost, and just like right. trying to figure it out and make it work. And like, as it, as you do that, I think that's big because yeah, you, you, you got better, you got bigger, but also you provided a lot of value to your clientele from the beginning. And I think that's big. Now you have a core nucleus of clients that have been with you from literally from day one. So now those people, right. not going to say the, the say the term loyal, but like they're always going to be with you just because you kind of helped them kind of grow when they were starting out as you were starting out too. Right. No, hundred percent. Couldn't, couldn't agree more with all that. And too, I think, I think kind of as to what you were saying, where it's just a good trial for you too. You know, right. there's a lot of people who want to get into the industry and like, when you're doing sessions for free in 90 degree heat on a concrete court outside, like that, you know what I mean? That's when you really know. And like, if you're enjoying that, you know, then, you know, I'm sure you'll enjoy the, you know, the air conditioned, you know, nice gym, you know, hopefully down the road. So right. yeah, I mean, it's, it's everybody starts somewhere and, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was an awesome, awesome experience for me. And I like one thing I don't, you know, look back and reflect on enough is just how lucky I was to, to first start working with, with the La Chapelles. I yeah. mean, Emily, you know, just committed to Marquette and, and Joey's, Joey's having a great season too. So it's, 
I got pretty lucky with with you know the, the, my my first two clients. I, I'm not I'm not gonna um, beat around the bush there, but right. but yeah, definitely. Definitely great experience. Yeah, that's not not bad. First first kid you get end up going to Marquette. That's a pretty good pretty good uh, first first clientele. Uh, so let's like yeah. let's turn this into like uh, your training philosophy. Like how do you how do you train? But like what are you what do you like emphasize the most? What are the most important skills like to master for playing in today's game? Yeah, yeah. Now I guess a lot of things just kind of first came to mind when you said that, and and. You know, one thing I think is, is, is super key, and, and I think we've talked about this before too, but, you know, I never used a trainer in high school just because I, you know, I just thought it'd be weird to go to someone who, you know, doesn't know my game as much as I do. You know, I, I put a lot of time into the game. I put a lot of time into my game. So I was like, you know, why am I going to go to someone who's, you know, maybe guessing what I need to work on? Um, so I, you know, I, I share that with my players and, and basically I just, I, I tell them to be, you know, as, you know, self-aware and, and take as much responsibility for their own game as they can. Right. So, you know, if that means that they come in and say, Hey, all I want to do is shoot today. Like I'm all for it. So, so I kind of just try to be more or less the, the way I describe it is kind of be the, the GPS while they're still driving their own car. Right. Um, but but with that being said too, there are a lot of players. It's like, hey, you're the trainer. You know, I'm the player. I'll come to you. Like, whatever you got, right. that type of thing. So so I totally get that. Um, so when that when that's the case, you know, I definitely think it's it's super important to, you know, kind of look at where they are at and and make sure you're still individualizing it. You know, based on, you know, maybe some of their goals or where where you perceive them coming uh, or, or them getting to. Excuse me. Um, but I do think there are super, you know, universal skills that are super important. So I, I teach a lot of the, the drop to work stuff. Yep. Um, you know, it's just kind of that the, you know, being able to just push off your back foot and get to a split stance. I think just allows you so many more options to play out of. Right. Um, and then just kind of, kind of keeping that, you know, same progression where, where then maybe you're doing more like stop exchanges, but still landing in that drop stance. So you have kind of the, the same options out of that and just kind of building layers to, you know, one help kind of players understand the game where you're you're getting the same footworks in, in different situations. Right. Um, but but also just allowing kind of them them to have some of that freedom too. So yeah, so yeah, I think, so that's I, big. I think it's just go ahead. Nate. I think that's big because I feel like um, I mean a lot of people like I said you they'll come to you and like I mean I hear it a lot from parents because I always typically like to ask just so I can kind of get a general idea is like they reach out to me hey I'd love for johnny and sarah blah 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 to work with you like so okay well how'd you hear about me like where are you located but then the most important question like what do you consider to be their strengths and their weaknesses and what would you like me to work with them on just because i like to hear (laughs) what the parent really says so i mean i feel like some people are spot on i feel like some people are not even close to the truth (laughs) some people are oh this kid's really really good can this is this but can't shoot a left hand layup or can't hold their follow through. Like, so I, I feel like I'm always really generally asking what you want me to do first. And like, then we can go from there. So I can start to put you through like, Oh, okay. You want to work on shooting? Let's do this, 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 but then you can't dribble. Okay. Well, I'm going to now take over the reins and like, yeah, I'm going to still work on what you want me to do. I'm going to work on your shooting progression, your follow through and your form and developing range and consistency. But also, I think you need to be able to dribble. I think you need to be able to handle the basketball with pressure. I think you need to be able to get by somebody and then make the right read or make the right pass. So I feel like there's got to be that little healthy mix of, like, yeah, help them and whatever they want you to do. But then also, like, I mean, 
at the end of the day, I'm going to try to make my clients the best basketball players that I can. And I like to use that phrase just because of like uh, a kid's six, eight in eighth grade doesn't always have to be in the low post. Like, right. like I feel like let's try to make kids the best basketball players we can and make them positionless versus like, yo, I'm the littlest kid or I'm the biggest kid uh, in, in, in youth basketball. And I just get put on the block and I never get the ball. Like I'd rather I'd rather build my skill sets for for all my clientele than just like tell them where to go, what to do, and like I think you said it really really well earlier, and I like to use this phrase again was like it's like discovery is like I'll I'll put kids in positions, I'll teach them footworks, and I'll teach them this this this, and then play and then figure out from there, and I think that's really big, especially adding on a second or third defender and like being able to play little, like live, like small sided games and like putting kids in proper positioning. And then, like I said, letting them figure out how to react off of each other. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think all that's great stuff. And, and yeah, I mean, I definitely think back to kind of my evolution of, of training as well. And I think, especially early on, you almost want to kind of like, I don't want to say prove your knowledge, but like deep down you're like, okay, you know, I, I put a ton of time in, and maybe that's where you're like scripting everything, you know, showing them a, a cool finish they haven't seen. But I think as I've kind of matured, I've, I've actually gotten just more and more away from that where it's, you know, maybe I'm scripting that, that beginning move, just like, like that, that drop footwork. And then maybe we're getting to like a hesitation in the middle. Um, but then, you know, I'm, I'm letting them get creative with their finishes or maybe I'm saying, okay, you know, any finishes off two feet or, or things like that. Cause, cause yeah, like you said, I mean, I love how I love how you put it. Where you you want to make them the best basketball players, but but with, within that too is is we're not robots. So, you know, in a game you're not you're not just you know going to do the same finish every time or, or something like 100%. that. So I think that's all great stuff. Yeah. So like, talk about like okay, we'll we'll get away from your philosophy a little bit, but like, talk about what have been some of like the most like memorable moments of starting your your training business, but then also. What were some of like some struggles or any adversity you kind of had to overcome? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Those are all great questions. Um, yeah, man, man, memorable, definitely. Uh, a few things come to mind, and one thing I guess I haven't really, really talked with, but but kind of as I first started kind of training it and getting into it, um, I reached out to to Reed OC out of out of Minneapolis, and, and definitely got to give him a shout out uh, to a lot of my my development as well just a just a great guy and really has things going going in minneapolis um but yeah i was actually helping a a, a friend of mine move out of his uh, college apartment he had just graduated um and he he was working for some company and, and he said you know he, he told me right away he's like hey man i got you know i've got to work you know from this time to this time you know during the day you know you can hang out do whatever but but i got to be gone and i was like oh this is perfect i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out to reed while i'm there and, and see if i can you know you know, kill these eight hours basically. And so he, he got back to me he said, yeah, you know, I got, got two sessions um, coming in with, would love, would love some help. And and I, I, you know, just kind of expressed that I wanted to to learn from him. And um, so, you know, I show up to the gym. I don't know if it's going to be a, a, you know, a fifth grader or, or, you know, whoever it would be. And so I'm sitting, sitting in the parking lot waiting and, and, you know, in pulls a, a all blacked out McLaren next to me and and out hops Andrew Wiggins. (laughs) Um, so, so that was pretty cool, you know, going from, uh, you know, having really no expectations to, to walk in the locker room with, with Reed and Andrew Wiggins. And so, 
um, you know, definitely kind of built up a, a really solid relationship there and was, was able to help out with with a bunch of workouts with, with him and, and ended up making the trip from, from Appleton to Minneapolis a few times, uh, you know, to do so and, and just really learned a, a ton just being being around, you know, two incredible people at their, at their craft and, and just, you know, awesome to kind of get that firsthand um, experience. So, so that was, that was definitely one of, one of the more memorable ones for sure. Yeah. I think that's big. Like I said, especially like I said, I, I, I mean, as a kid, you just, you look up to people and like, people that can kind of like guide you and mentor you and like Reed's Reed's starting to become a bigger and bigger name and like starting to really, really blast his stuff out on social media. So he's becoming Mm -hmm. more and more recognized. So like for you to be able to now like work side by side by him, I think is huge. And I think like my kind of guy was DJ. So I, I, you know, I mean, you see DJ Sackman all over Instagram and, and social media and like, I'm like, man, I think I could do what this guy does. It's just like he's on right. a much bigger, bigger scale. And, like, how can I get in touch with him? And I ended up linking up with him over this past summer. And, like, then we start to develop a relationship and a friendship that we kind of collaborated on a couple projects together. And it was, like, it was really, really cool to, like, just be in, 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 in not saying in their presence and be, like, a fanboy, but, like, be in, like, this space and, like, figure out and see what they, how they do it and do what they do and, like, how I could translate that into my business and watch my business grow. And like, it's just been really, really cool to have a relationship with somebody that was kind of like a mentor to you for a second. Yeah. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, I think it's, yeah, it, it's, it's cool being around the, the people you look up to, but then, you know, as you're around them, you realize, you know, they're, they're, they're no different than, than you or I. It's just, right. You know, you, you get to see their process and, and kind of see how they, they got to where they are and it's, you know, it's, it's not by mistake. So, right. So talk about, talk about being in the gym with Andrew Wiggins and like how he, how he approached workouts and like how, how detail oriented he was and like transition that from years ago to now, like he's in NBA all-star. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely crazy to, to, to look back now as he, as he you know just received that accolade but but yeah one I mean just a super super soft-spoken guy I mean really really incredibly nice um, person and really good to me when, when he you know really had had no business to, to even to even do so but but yeah in terms of just basketball I mean extremely detail-oriented and, and obviously a credit to, to read as well um, but just to see you know his consistency right I mean it's it's you know, it's not like he worked out for four hours, um, or you know, I think that's a common misconception players have. Right. Um, but he, you know, he got in for it for his hour, just like a, you know, a lot of players do. But I mean, there was there's no wasted time, there's no you know five minute water break or anything like that. I mean, it's just you know getting to different footworks, getting to different game actions, and, and ultimately just making shots. And and you know, he did that at an extremely high level. And I think a, a good you know a really good reminder just you know, in terms of how good a shooter you have to be, um, you know, when nobody's, when nobody's guarding you, uh, to, to have that translate. Um, so, so yeah, those are, those are the, the big things that I picked up on. Um, you know, and then obviously after talking with Reed too, um, like I know Reed's been getting a lot of like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, you showed, you know, you showed Wiggins this move, like, you know, it's so cool. And, and, and like I've seen Reed and I've talked to him about this too, where, you know, he'll comment back, like, you know, I, I didn't show him this move. Like I, I went through his game film and, 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 you know, saw that he did this move multiple times in a game. And so we were just kind of sharpened up and, and showing what situations right. and, and what options you have out of it. So, so I think sometimes it's, it's simply not rocket science where you're just, 
um, you know, doing some of those those simple just things that you you get to in a game and just fine tuning them and, and getting to those spots. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I definitely agree with that. So, like being with some of the most memorable moments comes your successes and everything. Like, has there been any like parts of your business so far where you've like you went to run a camp and next thing you know, no one really showed up and there was now you got to face some struggles. Now you got to figure out some adversity and like how can you grow from that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. There's been a lot of, a lot of adversity, just, just like with anything. I mean, it's not, not always going to be, you know, sunshine, but, but yeah, I mean, I guess one, one aspect that I didn't really talk to or talk on uh, a whole lot was that there was a period where I did work under another, another trainer. And so it was a great experience. You know, I learned a lot and, and I'm grateful for, for that opportunity because, you know, it did help me kind of get out of that nine to five job that I didn't love. Um, but yeah, I quickly kind of, re- you know, slowly realized that, you know, being able to do it on my own was, was kind of ultimately my dream because I didn't kind of have some of those flexibilities I was hoping to have. So, you know, ultimately I'd say one of my biggest, you know, kind of things I had to overcome was just getting the gym space. Right. And, I, and I think that's, you know, something a lot of trainers go through. And so, I mean, I called like a, a great example is, you know, so Reed also works with Brad Davison. Um, and so I get thrown in a group chat with Reed and Brad one day, Brad, Brad's the point guard here at, at, at UW and, and, uh, you know, it was, it was more or less saying, Hey, you know, Brad's coming back down to Madison. This is during COVID when, when, you know, a lot was shut down, but you know, he was, he was still trying to get shots up and, and get in the gym. Like, right. you know, can you, can you get Brad in the gym? And, and of course, you know, this is me, you know, working with like, you know, one of my first bigger college players. I'm like, absolutely. But, but this is when I was still out of a gym. So I, I didn't even have a gym. Yeah. Um, so I knew I had like two weeks to, to secure a gym. And so that's kind of how I found this guy I ended up working for, for a little bit. Um, you know, just cause I would consistently rent gym time from him. And then, you know, he ultimately let me work with some of his, his players as well. But, but yeah, it, it was just tough because I mean, if, if you're working for someone, a lot of times you're, you're working at kind of the, the tough hours of the day. So, you know, I would be doing sessions 6am, 7am, and then, you know, starting back up at, you know, 6pm. So right. that, that was, you know, that was pretty difficult, but, but yeah, just, just, I called, I think every every gym in Madison, Wisconsin, and, and found a, a church. A church essentially that you know used to be affiliated with a school, and, and there's no longer a school there. So um, you know they've kind of turned over the reins, and, and I'm, I'm extremely fortunate right. to to you know rent that space and use that space, kind of kind of at my expense. Yeah, so. fell right into that one, <laughs> and I think that like yeah. you said, how like. I think one of the biggest parts of, like, a young trainer is, like you said, finding a facility or a, or a gym time. And, like, I always tell people is, like, one, if you can get a facility, two, if you can get clientele, and three, if you can have some equipment. Now, the equipment can, can vary because, like, okay, now it makes it nice. I have seven shooting machines, Rotomaxes, this, this, this. But, like, you don't need all that. Like, you need literally one basketball for one client at a gym. That's it. And, uh, but it said, as you start to grow and start to develop and get a little bit bigger is like, if you can have more options, if you can have a basketball for every kid, if you can have a shooting machine in a one on one and, and like that makes it super, super nice. It also, it's like appealing to the eye too, is like, Oh, well this person has, like I said, all this extra equipment versus somebody who just shows up to a gym with one ball. Like, so that makes it like, makes it more of like the business aspect of like, like appealing to the parents of why you should continue to train with me or why somebody new should come and work with me. Um, I think that's big. And like I said, for you to start out and to find your own gym and to, to now bring your clientele to it. And now you have a home. Like I think is really, really big that 
most trainers, most people don't have or don't have the uh, accommodations to do so. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a weird it's a weird industry where you, you simply need a court and a basketball and then, you know, there there are a, a lot of other, you know, advantages too and things yeah, like, like you know, we don't all have seven seven shoot aways. <laughs> it is a it's a good example. But no, I love that I love that you have those. Right. Um but yeah, yeah, definitely just a, a great reminder and yeah, I mean definitely it, it's the, the, the gym time is key and there's there's so many different ways to go about it but but yeah there's something to be said just to kind of have that stable location um you know that, that you you know people know where to find you at is is huge right 100 percent. so like like i said it seems like you've you've had some success since you got out of college and like now your things are starting to grow things are starting to move in the really right direction so like what's next for you like what do you have like do you have any personal goals do you have any short-term long-term goals like is there an end game to all of this? Like, what's next for you? Yeah, yeah, no, great question. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, I've been in that gym for for a, uh, coming up on a year, so so really just kind of you know hoping to to you know have you know two times, three times the amount of players I had in you know over the last year in in this next coming year. Um, so just really want to get things hopping, and, and I do you know so many individual sessions um, which i love i I love the one-on-one stuff but definitely am am looking to do more camps and and looking to do more group sessions just to you know because there's a lot of players i work with that are you know at similar skill levels where you know it's 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 time that they start you know definitely competing against each other and and doing more of that um but yeah in terms of long term i you know i definitely do want to get uh, my own space um and it's been it's been a dream of mine since i started and, and i think you know, would be an awesome opportunity. I, I'm very fortunate with, with where I have now, but but I do think, you know, someday, you know, having a having a court with my name on it versus a, a church name would, would be would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. In terms of just just uh, personal development too. I mean, I think it's big. And it was something I was kind of thinking about prior to the call, but. But it's easy as a trainer just to get so caught up in, in, in really helping your players out. And I think, you know, obviously, that's got to be your main focus. But, but at the end of the day, you, you help your players out by, by being at your best. So, so definitely just trying to, you know, take the time to make sure I'm at my best, you know, eating well, sleeping a lot, um, you know, and, and getting my workouts in too, which, which you know, can, can be very tough to do when, when all you're focused on is, you know, scheduling other people's workouts and, and, and things like that. Yeah, so. 100%. I think that's one area. I'll just say of my life that like, I'm not saying I struggle with, but like, as I first was rolling with this, like, I don't have as many clients, like I got more free time, I'm going to play pickup, I'm doing this, 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 I'm going to most of my clients games, I'm like, this is great, love it. And like, it's a good problem to have, but like, then business started to build and like, it started to get bigger and like social media started to grow. And like, now it's like, and and I say this, my bad thing now is my diet is like, okay, well, I'm never have a free second to just like, Oh, let me just go like meal prep for the next six days right. <laughs> or right. like, so it's always, I got to be from this spot to this spot to this spot. And it's like, Oh, quick gas station food to this, this, this. Yeah. And like, you're always on the move. And like, which is, like I said, it's phenomenal. I really, really enjoy doing what I do and like the amount that I'm doing. But like at the same time too, like I, I told myself at the beginning of 2022 was like, I missed some family events last year just because of my own stuff which is which is good but like you're gonna miss those family moments the rest of your life then and like okay well I'm trying to be be more I guess where my feet are and like be more present and like 
like I said, your your mental health and your your physical health matter just as much as your clients. So like you have to right. take care of yourself also and taking care of your clientele too. So there's got to be a healthy mix of the two. And I think that like as things move forward, yeah, definitely have to like, like I said, not saying take a step back, but I would say like just work a lot smarter and then continue to work hard. But like I said, being able to maximize my, my efficiency as a trainer, as a person as well. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That, that's all great stuff. And, and, uh, and all things I, I totally echo. Yeah. And it, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, and, and they do go hand in hand. I mean, help, you know, being at your best is going to allow you to, to, you know, give your best sessions and, and you know, have full energy and, and things like that, which is, which is needed. I mean, it's, there are definitely sessions you go into where you're feeling a little bit flat, but you know that that player deserves your best so so that's all great stuff and yeah and yeah it is it is tough too and that's something that i've i mean it's 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 the biggest blessing being in charge of your own schedule but yeah. also you know can can be can be kind of a curse too when you're when you're saying you know you know i've definitely missed missed things that you know i wish i didn't miss as well right. so it's 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 hard too and you know now that i think about that because just like you know, when, when school's off or when holidays come around, sometimes those are the best times to, to be hosting sessions because oh, it's sure. like, you know, that's when, that's when kids are off. So, it, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a, a give or take sometimes, but, but good right. to be, be mindful and, and tune into some of that stuff. Yeah, 100%. So let me ask you a quick question off the top. Like, I want to yeah. hear, in your opinion, what are your top three players of all time? And I want to hear it from reverse order, three to two to one, one being the greatest. Okay. Okay. I like it. Your like opinion, it. Like no, it. no answer is a wrong answer. Okay. Got you. Um, you said in, in reverse order. Yep. Okay. Three, two, one. Um, yeah, shoot. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to be going with, with some pretty stereotypical guys here, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. I'm going to go with Kareem at, at three. Okay. Um, I just think he was simply unguardable and, and I found myself watching, watching some of his highlights the other day. I mean, just, you, you, nobody could contest any any shots from him, and it, it was basically a matter of you know if he's if he's making it, if he's making that six foot sky hook or, or, or not. So right. definitely got to put him put him at three. Um, shoot, I was kind of I was kind of debating on uh, putting Michael Jordan in this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave him out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Steph at two. Okay. I just think I just think the way he changed the game. I mean, like. You know, when I when I was growing up watching the NBA, like when I when I picture the NBA and think about it, you know, when I was a kid, threes weren't that big a deal. Right. You know right. what I mean? So and and look at it now. So so I think Steph's got pretty much you know can shoulder most of that uh, you know evolutionary change yep. of, of just the game there. And then I gotta go with LeBron. Um, you know, especially after he just he just got that scoring title. Right. Um, I think that was what Friday, but. But yeah, just gotta go with LeBron. I mean, what I'm most impressed with him is just his his consistency, and I think he's just a a great example for for all athletes, just in terms of you know you, you know being the best, but then being the best for for such a long time, and, and just you know how he can and how he prepares and, and takes care of his body and things like that. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Put I mean, him at number one. So. His his longevity. I mean, what is this? Nineteen years, and he's scoring. Yeah. Like he's in his <laughs> prime twenties again. Like. Which is kind of crazy, yeah. and like, who's to say he won't play for another five, six years, like, and then create a record that the scoring record that will be literally untouchable? Like, that's and I mean, these are all just like what if questions, but like, I mean, it's tough to say. Okay, well, Jordan's got six rings, LeBron's got four. Why is 
LeBron better than Jordan or like why is Jordan right. better than LeBron? Like it's just so it's 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 fun to it, it, like talk about like I said people's perspectives and and what their reasonings are for and it's just it's it's fun basketball talk to le- learn and kind of grow the game. No doubt. Yeah, so, no doubt. I mean, I was I was watching LeBron in that game and he needed he needed like two points or whatever to to pass it and I think he had like three assists before yeah. he finally scored those two points. I was like, <laughs> dang, that's just you know what I mean. Where most guys are probably just jacking, you know, jacking the shot to, right. to to get it. But it was cool to see. Yeah, and that's what I think is like I said, LeBron's. I would say his best facet of his game is his passing, and then he no also doubt. he he rebounds well. He, he's um, um, solid in the passing lanes, but and also like I'm not gonna say his first mentality is to score like a like right. maybe a James Harden or a, or a, like a Kevin Durant. So like I think a lot of people overlook that is like that's not even his best part of his game, and he's ranked number one of all time now, which is I think really really remarkable. And I know people, I think either people love him or he hate him. You like I don't think there's like a oh I don't mind LeBron, but I think I think more so people should just like appreciate his greatness as we can continue to watch him grow and advance the game while he still can because let's just say in five years when he's done it's going to be uh like it's going to be hard to just remember back to what he did versus what he's currently doing now right yeah yeah definitely pretty pretty irreplaceable player so definitely definitely have to appreciate it 100 percent. so like lead that into like anybody that's kind of listening to this podcast and like can kind of learn from you or grow from you and like kind of continue on like the same path. What's one piece of advice you could kind of give to somebody to kind of help them out in their, as their journey continues? Man. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, it, it sounds pretty cliche, but, but I think, I think a lot of cliches are, are cliche for a reason. So I, I would just say competing with yourself, right. Um, you know, whether, whether you're a player, whether you're a trainer, I mean, I, th- I think the goal at the end of the day is just got to be a little, get a little bit better than you were you were the day prior you know i think uh, pretty pretty general statement here but i think you know a lot of a lot of times in our society we, it's, it's it's easy and especially with social media and everything to to look at the person next to you and, and you know maybe wish you were in their shoes or you know wish you were doing something different or, or this that, or the other but but you know i'll still to you stay self-aware and, and you know just focus on getting a little bit better getting a little bit better i mean and and, and not worrying so much about other people i think that's you know, that's going to set you up for success. So huge. something I've been trying to get better at and yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Love to hear it. Like I said, I, I appreciate everything. So like I said, anybody that's been listening and wants to, wants to kind of follow you along, like if you can drop your social media handles and that way people can uh, either reach out to you and, or like I said, just be able to follow and stay along with your journey. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Two, two biggest spots I'm on are, are probably Instagram and Twitter. So, Instagram, it's uh, at Coach Brunx, uh, Coach, and then Brunx, B-R-U-N-K-S. Um, and then Twitter is just um, my name, at Trent Brunker. So, cool. That sounds good, yeah. brother. Like I said, I appreciate everything. Um, so I look forward to, like I said, watching your, your journey continue. They said, I know we'll be in the gym at some point here soon. Um, they said, best of luck. If there's anything I could ever do, you know, my phone's always wide open for you. So I appreciate everything, brother. And yeah, likewise. Appreciate you having me on and, and love everything you're doing. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep in touch. And, and thanks again.